listening to the Emo Brown, the saddest Mexican podcast. Before you even say anything, bro. Bef- before you even say anything. Before you say anything. Alongside Tony Alvarez, I'm Nate Abarea here with you on More FM Mexican Radio. Another huge thank you to Coca Cola. To share a Coke with the League MX fan in your life. Gustavo Bo sharing a run with us here as he gets towards the byline. A brilliant tackle. And then the ball's knocked away as the goalkeeper was calling for it. Torito gets it back for Cholos about 30 yards out. Diego Rodriguez. Uruguayo forward to Angulo into Bo, top corner of the 18. Bo back to Nahuelpan, the Argentino connection. Nahuelpan on the left foot. Nahuelpan drives. Golazo, 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 golazo. Look at that. Look at you. Look at you. Ladies and gentlemen, today on the Emo Brown podcast, I have the homie. Makes it Ariel Nahuelpan. The homie. No, not Ariel Nahuelpan. What a Look at you. Nate for these The voice here at of the Cholos. At least for me, when I'm listening, I'm not home. When I'm watching the match at home. Full effect. Nahuelpan says... What up, bro? I got excited. I thought you had Nahuel Pan on the show for a second. Um, uh, it, much love. Look at me now. From Watsonville, California, to Estadio Caliente, to... The dream treehouse tree of Chula Vista, the tree California. Chronicles. The place where dreams... This is the old Trafford of the West. Can we give... I don't know about that. I don't know about that one. Um, hey, we'll get ready for this weekend, too. Our two beloved... We got fourth round English, FA. English round football FA clubs Cup, taking on each other in the league and then in the Cup. As Liverpool today, United. As of today. Oh. All right. You going to give me a little top of the league? We are all tied up at 17 matches. Top of the league. Sitting pretty atop of the league. Three points clear. But, but Steve. Three points clear. Steve, let's not focus on what divides us. Let's not focus on what divides us. Let's focus on what brings us together here <laughs> on the Emo Brown Podcast. Can we do a little, speaking of, you know, radio play-by-play, can we do a little quick, before we go anywhere else, can we do a little picture paint Bro. of what's going on right now with these electric clementine orange clouds purple of like a prince album some different shades of gray uh you know under 50 like 40 shades of gray because the the chula vista sunsets this last week the last couple of weeks oh my god the crows the crows took off the crows knew we were doing a podcast and the crows departed like a hitchcock film yeah man earlier earlier there was a plethora a gaggle not of geese but of birds crows bro they were just hanging out legitimately like it was an alfred hitchcock flick i've i ducked for cover i went inside i went to go get a couple things i came out and they were gone i was like all right cool just in time for the man the myth the legend (laughs) the man with the golden voice from watsonville california nate aburrea bienvenido thank you for cruising through bro i know we've been trying to make this happen for a little bit but with what we know is now the longest pandemic in the history of our beautiful country it was difficult to come and make it work i've had to move my operation outdoor and that kind of a that greased the doorways for us to make this shit happen bro <laughs> this is beautiful we're we're here now we're making it happen thank you for having me Salute steve garcia shout Cheers, out to you shout out to everybody at after we <sighs> mm. shout out to everybody at Three Punk Ale, shout out to everybody in the South Bay who supported everything that I've 
damn well, like everything I've ever done on a soccer and community level since I stepped foot here in 2016, the South Bay, National City, and Chula Vista, it's like it segues down to Tijuana. Jump into that, brother. I mean, from Watsonville. Yeah. To the voice of uh, Tijuana Cholos on More FM 98.9, the American voice, the voice in English. The, you were my play-by-play when I'm driving home, whatever's going on, I'm like, oh, shit, matches on, I'm not home, I'm out of the brewery. Cat and I've caught more than one or two of your goal calls, man, and every time I'm like, oh, man, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? How'd you get into that? What, what brought you into being an announcer? It was a dream. It was, I mean, specifically the dream of being an English language voice of a Mexican soccer team. That goes back to Watsonville. That goes back to being raised uh, around two things soccer-wise. I had a, a heavy... English expat influence in my life that taught me about the Premier League and the FA Cup and Scottish football and English football and all that good Celtic stuff. Celtic I was uh, definitely Celtic uh, right. if, if, we're, if we're going up to Scotland. But back to uh, the Mexican-American upbringing because those, those were the two things I was given. I was given the Premier League and I was given League AMX. And this is, I'm brought up in an era where MLS is just getting started and the U.S. national team is kind of just getting going as far as any kind of prominence or ability to compete on a on a real international level so league mx was you know as much of a part of my life as anything soccer wise for my entire childhood and you have in watsonville with this the concept of (laughs) words you're going to hear a lot more about in this podcast i'm sure of immigration and, and diaspora and what leads people to certain places and you have something so special in watsonville that you don't even get necessarily in a lot of parts of Mexico that I've been to where you go to these places in Mexico, you have people who have their home team and you feel the city and, and proper proper football. You feel the community getting behind their individual team. In Monterrey, you got Tigres and Rayados. You got Cholos in Tijuana. You got in Torreón. You got Santos. All these cities have their own teams. You get down to the capital. You got Pumas, America, Cruz Stop Azul. right there. Don't ever shout out America on my podcast, bro. Chivas. You got Chivas (laughs) down in the beautiful state of Jalisco. You got Atlas. You got all these teams. I could go on and on and on and keep listing teams and footballers. What's so special growing up in Watsonville is you get fans of every single team. And you don't get that in in people supporting their home team as they should. What you get with a place like that with the Mexican-American influence and, and the concept of people being in that town who are from all parts of Mexico, I got to just be a neutral little interested Guerrito running in and and being friends with everyone and learning about everyone's team and the the great tapestry of football mexicano and this is at a time you talk about mls just getting started cholos aren't even a thing yeah there's cholos are a long way from even existing and so flash forward i mean from the 90s into the 2000s and all the way to me moving down here in, in 2016 kind of on a whim with a, with a dream that Cholos and the city of Tijuana could be sort of a, a gateway into not only football mexicano at large, but kind of Latin America at large. And I had a dream when I stepped foot in that stadium for the first time in 2016. I said to a couple different people that night, I said, someday, someday soon, I'm going to call games on the classic terrestrial radio dial in English for this club. I'm going to do it. You manifested that shit into reality. And we did it. And it, to be fair, I want to tell all the folks, you're heralding me the voice of the show. That actually came and went like a lot of good things in life. It came, it went, we pulled it off. It happened. We done it. And the Sholos are still a huge 
part of my soul. The city of Tijuana is a near and dear thing to me and everybody from the year and a half working with More FM to the year plus working with Cholos at the club, all sorts of different stuff down there. It it has really, really sucked to not be able to go down there over the last year. So I'd say when people ask, I'm sure you've asked that question or been asked that question so many times, you know, what's the number one thing you miss from, you know, during this pandemic? And for me, it's Tijuana tacos and Cholos <laughs> games and and honestly my 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 family down there people who who you know borderline adopted me down there and and have always treated me like family so when when this is all said and done You're the, ready. the the calm at the end of the storm or the calm after the storm whatever the hell it's called I'm going to be back down in uh, TJ as soon as I can What an experience though man honestly how the hell do you pull that off <laughs> just Going to a match, falling in love with the ambiance, el equipazo, the team, the spirit, the ownership, to the point where you just, I'm going to fucking call this. I want to be the Ted Leitner of Los Cholos. <laughs> and then you actually make it happen. Yeah. How does one do that? What are the steps needed for every, anybody who's out there who's like interested in pursuing a career in play-by-play, whether it's football or baseball or whatever their passion is? Like, how does one pull that off, man? Like, what is your background as it relates to broadcasting? Well, I got, I got two two answers for that. I got one that's very, um, uh, I think, you know, kind of practical and tactical. And, and I got another answer that's far more cynical. Um, I had to go to another country to get a radio job. I had to go create a job that, that didn't exist. Um, I'd been down in San Diego for two and a half years by the time we got that project off the ground. Shout out to San Diego radio legend, Michael Halloran, one of the original founders of 91X, who was the program director at More FM, who happened to meet me and and we hit it off and he believed in my vision. And so he was a big part of the or piece of the puzzle and so many people down in Tijuana who helped. But, you know, back to kind of the cynical angle of it, um, you know, our, our dear friends, uh, uh, Darren Smith and Jordan Carruth, I think would be the first to tell you about the uh, industry of radio and all that they've been through as far as the the ups and downs and the I guess you could say decline of the the industry and the medium and and so many different things that have happened where call me an old soul, call me whatever you want for better or worse, call me whatever you want. And at the end of the day, I'm someone who's very nostalgic and someone who loves the radio. And I've heard it called a dying medium a thousand times. I've heard it called useless and a thing of the past a million times more. And I just never let that fully put me down. It definitely hurt a lot. And I had people tell me that I belonged in 1975 and I would have been better (laughs) off with, with all my skill set to be a, you know, someone who was born 30 years prior, but, um, radio still matters. Uh, radio, radio absolutely still matters. And, um, despite the, the crumbling aspects of the, uh, terrestrial radio industry, um, it really still does matter. And especially in the borderlands. And that gets back to, the the history of of border blaster antennas and this goes back to the wolfman jack and shout out to javier the x-man who came out of my neck of the woods up in salinas california and is now a 21 year running san diego radio legend a staple and, for sunday barbecues bro carne asadas family gatherings sunday everything. night oldies yeah. with the x-man and so that's that's the kind of stuff i was raised on and so you know when i learned about i i could hear 1090 as a kid scouring am dials up in in santa cruz county up in watsonville so i mean i was a radio junkie and so i love the radio and i want to pump up people and follow their dreams and whatnot but you know another aspect of it a truthful aspect one of the perks of of having the podcast is i get to bring people on of like with backgrounds that you know i've always been curious about yeah and radio has always been something i've been curious about like i remember when i was little i would 
like try to mimic the you would hear the the, the border crossing the border wade and all that mm -hmm. on the radio and now it always be like precisamente se cuenta ahorita en la línea de Otay 15 carriles abiertos con cuatro so I was like that that always like drew me I was like oh well that's cool I like, yeah, I, like people, I, like, I like people's radio voice but I've had the opportunity to bring guys from radio in here and tomorrow I'm Ken Torrey's coming on tomorrow I did his his podcast so he's coming over tomorrow to do ours and let me tell you bro that industry It's, it's fucking cutthroat, man. It I've is. talked to Elston. I've talked to Gennaro. I've talked to fucking Cantori. I've talked to Yuga. I've talked to people from 91X. Nobody is... I've talked to Darren Smith. I've talked to Jordan Carruth. Nobody has ever said, hey, um, come on in. The water's fine. <laughs> you know, everyone's like, man, if somebody asks me what If what somebody about tells radio, you that about radio, they're full of shit. Yeah, and they're a shark. Or they haven't done it long enough. Or they haven't done it long enough. <laughs> and they don't know what they're talking about. No, I, I got my first radio gig when I was... I mean... Shit, I did voiceover work for Cape Hig Radio in Watsonville, California when I was nine years old. I was on ads on Cape Hig when I was 10. Um, I was on Pirate Radio Santa Cruz when I was 15 years old, led by the Watsonville Brown Berets during a time of social unrest and protest and protest of HR 4437 and racist immigration bills. You know, not like that was foreshadowing anything to come, but uh, there we day. were. <laughs> there we were in 06. I was 15 years old and was a part of school walkouts and ended up joining the Watsonville Brown Berets and got to get involved with all sorts of stuff with the Berets where they had this connection at a studio in Santa Cruz that was like a classic 90s pirate radio, legit Jack the like fucked over the FCC, opened up the broadcast with fuck the FCC, fuck the police, fuck the Minutemen, viva la causa, like the shit was real deal and they jacked the airways and the station got raided by the FBI What? like months before <laughs> I ended up joining this thing because it was a, they were breaking FCC guidelines, the station got raided, people got thrown in paddy wagons and six months later they had the station back up and running and that so was So it's when easier I got to storm the Capitol than it is to fucking deal with the FCC. To do a pirate radio oh, show, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Well that's privilege, <laughs> I mean most of the people running pirate radio Santa Cruz, yeah, were not uh, on the side of uh, those uh, patriots well, you, that we my saw friend. the other day in Washington DC. So. You have a fucking clean voice Thank like I, i remember even with a mask on even, even with the mask following on, good you know covid protocols let it be known we are outdoors we are properly distanced we are still wearing masks i took mm -hmm. mine off because i'm mm -hmm. sipping tequila this tequila by the way i know you're curious about it uh family friend fernando estrada he does infuse tequilas bro so he, like anytime he makes anything i always put it in order this one's tamarindo mm -hmm. and a, a nice little uh reposado Ooh, it's so clean Ooh. it's so smooth it's dangerous though man steve i have to tell you um i gave up the hard sauce uh, for much of this year. I think I could count on, on one hand the amount of uh, since March. Uh, this is probably like the fourth time I've had hard alcohol and I privilege. did not want to turn it down. There's <laughs> no way any judgment on anyone else. I'm just sticking to the suds and the vino of late. It's serving well, me well. Since we're being honest, I also here. haven't been smoking weed, but I'm not going to take turn down an, a, an opportunity to have some of the but, but someone, the, <laughs> the, the Abarea dispensary showed up with a, a special present. Nah, man, that, that goes back to, to the beer baron stuff this summer. I mean, before we go any further, may I just say on the Emo Brown podcast, salute to the beer baron. Saludos al beer baron Gracias, de San Diego, California. You are a superhero bro, over the been, last few it, months, it's bro. Been, it's And been people a have been supporting. <laughs> people have been every day getting crawlers from a you, huevo. getting four packs. And a just, tip of the cap, bro. A tip of the cap to people who support us and this industry in general. Right now, it's I've never been in this industry in as tough of time. Obviously, that's it says nothing because this is the worst time to operate any small business. This is the worst time to just function daily. But 
people have been supportive, man. Like you, including yourself and just a lot of people on Twitter, a lot of people on Instagram. That's, that's the only way we maintain open. Like people can come to the brewery and pick it up. But this, I was like, you know what? Let's do delivery. Forget all this. Let's, let's, let's take the beer to the people. People want to stay at home. We really want to promote stay at home, stay at home. So as soon as we open that avenue up, bro, I feel like we came rushing in. There's ups, there's downs. There's times where people are like, there's, there's no money right now. Like there's a big difference between the first shutdown that we had around uh, April as it relates to this shutdown. Right. There was money in the initial right. shutdown. You know, right. there, there, there was money. There was, there was, there was unemployment. There was 600 a week for, for people who are in employment and people were still working. It was not everybody was laid off at that time. Now, bro, the, the financial well has run its course. It's dry. Just now people have started to get a little bit more. And, um, we've seen an uptick in that too, but I mean, the lifeline that everybody else has thrown us to kind of weather this storm and really there's no predictable end in sight. It's, it's just been awesome. And I appreciate it, my brother. It comes back to community. I mean, it really all comes back to that, that squad mentality that these are your people and we support you through, through thick and thin. And when you have those connections, that's, you, you can't ask for much more with everything that we've seen over the last, however many months, I, time's a, a, a strange thing. I don't know how long it's been. I don't know. Hello, where am I again right now, Steve? Where where are we? What date is it? What year Bienvenido is it? Chula Vista 91910. Okay, I needed, Vista. needed that little uh, <laughs> little refresher. The date, January something, 2021. Um, well, your voice being the golden voice, <laughs> I wanted to also uh, play a little something for you. Que golazo, Steve Garcia! That's for the people from the South Bay, motherfucker! Woo! 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 Chula Vista. That interview, <laughs> that, that beautiful golden... <laughs> interview moment of my young broadcast career um that had some very mixed reactions i loved it i promoted the hell out of it i said it sounded like a, a ufc fighter who just like scored a knockout and is like grabbing the mic with nate abarea that's for the people of the south bay motherfucker like well replace ufc shit. fighter not scoring a knockout with uh fucking Middle 30, late 30 guys scoring a winning goal. Scoring a tying goal, oh, actually. No, it was, see, I love oh, the story. This shit. is the classic fisherman bullshit here. No, Give the, it to me yeah. straight. It was to tie the score. The fact that I remember this is, is both beautiful and pathetic because I have one of those memories here that just can't erase things. That beautiful, beautiful halftime, quote unquote, celebrity game uh, that took place there. Yeah. Who celebrity, celebrity game? Um, yeah, I mean, you had real deals. So you had Rob Machado out there. You had people who were, you know, Steve Garcia was out there. <laughs> Darren Smith was out there. Jordan Cruz was out there. Um, so celebrity game. Uh, it was 3-2 to the other team that Steve wasn't on. And in the dying seconds of the game, the most ridiculous goal mouth scramble broke out. And Steve, like a, like a kid at the sleepover, when they're just like jumping in, he's just going to totally injure everyone where he just jumps on top <laughs> of the pile. He like dove in feet first and like took out three people, but made just enough contact with the ball. And I swear to God, the ball not only did not touch the back of the net, the thing like squeaked and squealed its way over the line, but enough teammates on Steve's side started screaming, it went over, it went over. And the ref gave it, and the final horn blew. All I heard was goal. And it was 3-3. All I, heard was I was goal. screaming goal because I wanted Steve to score. But this is my favorite part of the story. Then we have that that iconic interview moment. And Steve proceeded to give, what was it, $5 pints the entire next day to anyone <laughs> who came in to Three Punk Ales. And I'm, I'm not going to name any names, but there were a couple of people. One of them may be uh, uh, one of your partners at the brewery, and uh, another may have been someone uh, working for you at the brewery who said that they had um, a very negative 
uh, feeling towards that goal because, <laughs> and they blamed me because I was responsible for the initial promotion of it. It would have just came and went, been one of those moments. You would have told a few people that night and it kind of would have gone away. But I filmed that interview moment. I seeked you out to get Emo Brown you did that, on bro. the Nate Abarea IG and you threw, that's for the people of the South Bay, motherfucker, right there. The dopest drop That's in. like a track drop, bro. That was the <laughs> hardest shit I've ever heard coming off of a soccer field. And your boys at the brewery said that they never heard the fucking end of it. <laughs> and they blamed me for starting it. And they said, as much as well, we love you and what you do, we have a bone to pick with you because you made Steve out to be, or Steve, you you segued, you opened the door for Steve to act like he's a real soccer player. All you need to do is open the door and I'll walk right You in, ran right through. The, you took you out like night. four people in the process. You did two things that night with that you little, did it up. That and that's little for the fucking on the fly interview. Of the South Bay motherfucker. You did that thing. And then the second thing is you anointed me the, what did you say? The, uh... <laughs> Fucking the the pride of the pride of Chula Vista. Oh yeah, no, the pride of Chula Vista. And the, oh lord! I think that, that was that was part of the bone to pick from your boys. Yeah, they was, said like that was worse. <laughs> absolutely not signing off on Steve being uh, the the pride of Chula Vista. And I said, hey, I mean, talk about opening doors. Steve's been opening doors for me since the day I met him. He's introducing me to people in Tijuana, Chula Vista. He's helping me hustle, helping me do my thing. So to me, hey, back to all y'all folks at Three Punk, Steve Garcia. From the Treehouse, live and direct, the pride of Chula Vista, and that is for the people of the South Bay. Motherfucker. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what that game was at, you know, the sports arena, or at Pechanga, and uh, it was for the soccers, uh, halftime event. Mm -hmm. What did you do with the soccers? You also played a role with the soccers. Called some games. Hell yeah. Calling dude. games, going back to 2016 with my boy Mark Serber, and then from the next season forward, uh, and hopefully we'll... Hopefully we'll get back to it someday um, with our uh, our boy Craig Elston. Um, I've been calling soccer's games, damn, for like five, four or five years now. That's, um, a, that's awesome, bro. And I loved connecting with you through the soccer's because that's the whole concept of tying history to the present moment and these things and, you know, dying mediums and things that are archaic and uh, that thing, you know, it, 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 it saw its glory days. It's done. It's like so many things, whether you're talking about radio, you're talking about arena soccer, you're talking about so many things that exist all around these communities Dude, of ours legit. like 80s lifestyle but it's still here soccer and it's still here Hell, or well yeah. eventually we'll, yeah we'll, it'll, it'll be back it'll be back it'll we'll, be back we'll get it back one we'll of the things the i hang our hat on at the brewery you know what i mean with that ah yes yeah. one of the things i hang our hat on at the brewery is uh the opportunity we got to work directly with you guys directly with the marketing team from the san diego soccers um we played all the matches that were streamed on their YouTube channel. So that was cool, man. You know, we'd have you guys as supporters come down to the brewery from the South Bay, just hang out, watch the matches at the brewery, discounted pints. You came down, you did a couple meet and greets. I did. Uh, you guys have come down and you've done the, the, the soccer's podcast, you know, like that's what I'm about. That's what the brewery is about. I feel like at the, at its, at its main root, at it, that it's origin is we're community based, man, mm -hmm. you know, and, and, we're legitimately involved in things we believe in. I believe in soccer. You know, I believe in music. I believe in community. Uh, soccer, punk, rock, and craft beer. You put that so, shit in a blender. That's yeah. who we are, bro. You know, ultimately, that's what comes out. Three and pretty important things in your life, I'd that's, say. Yeah, aside from like family. That, that's <laughs> that's what, family is the four. Yeah, but there, man, there's the, the emo brown four pack right there. <laughs> there it you is. Got family, soccer, punk rock slash music as a whole. And beer. And the beer. So, I mean, that's awesome. I'm happy that I've gotten to meet you, like cross paths with you guys, develop friendships. You know, it's mm -hmm. not, it's not, it's not very uh, common where, you know, I've met a lot of people and 
everybody has an idea and everybody has a pitch. Oh, you know what you guys should do with your brewery and you should link up with us and you should do this and you guys should do that. Not many of those opportunities um, bear fruit in form of a friendship and with you and Craig Elston and John Gennaro and just people that I've had on the podcast. I mean, thank God, man, you guys, you guys are cool. You know, and you guys are actually people that, that prior to this, I would go and, and, and watch, sit down and tune into. Listen, rides home, go to the matches. Oh, I wonder how the commentary in the English is going, you know? So thank you for that. This is, this is awesome to actually have you on here because I've been wanting to do this for a while. And here is the opportunity. So now with the soccer's, soccer's is over, obviously right now. What have you been occupying your time with? Ooh, uh, well, I also do a lot of writing. Um, and the writing doesn't depend on um, anyone else. You, you own, I have notebooks that I brought up here with me tonight. Um, I got, a lot of writing going on, uh, working on a couple of different novel projects. Um, I have been, been active as, as a poet for five, six years. It's another part of my life that kind of stays, I think for far too long. I've talked with you about this plenty of times. You've where sent me, you've sent me I've audio, sent clips, you audio yeah. poetry and all sorts of stuff. And it always kind of on that level of like, Hey, I've kind of kept this hidden. I've kept this like relatively to the side. For a multitude of reasons, um, you know, some very simple, some more complicated, but you know, the, the best way I can kind of sum it up is, I mean, there was a, a, a podcast. I, I wish I could remember the, uh, the dude's name, but he was a poet laureate, uh, from England. He was on a podcast on the BBC and he said a quote that just like, when you hear, uh, something and it just, you hear, you hear someone say something and you just feel that knife go in you and you just like, oh, you feel the pain of that statement. He said something to the interviewer where it was, uh, he played, he was poet laureate. I mean, this is this award-winning, important, like beautiful poet from the north of England. And he said that he was also an active cricketer and footballer. He played, played soccer and played cricket. And he said his number one rule of thumb for, for years all the way through until he was about my age now, until he was like into his early 30s, uh, was don't ever let the P word be heard in the dressing room or by anyone on any of the teams I play on. And that gets back to what he meant by that of uh, any culture of the concept of machismo sports world oftentimes doesn't mix with the artistic world, Steve. And that's a damn shame because that shouldn't be. And I hope that by telling people that it's I mean, just being an advocate for self-expression and, and for being true to your art for me. I'm rocking a gift from my dear friend, Brittany Black out of City Heights, San Diego. This is direct from Nipsey Hussle's store in mm. Compton, RIP, the marathon continues. And the notion of I'm looking at you, I'm looking at a man right now where I see that artwork. I see that Emo Brown artwork. That's an emblem. That's a Steve Garcia emblem. I'm at your house. We're up in the treehouse right now. Your brewery's what? Like a few blocks that way? Three blocks down, The Elwood's bro. like a few blocks that way? Half a mile away. You talk about true to your fucking neighborhood, Steve. Like I'm ain't blowing no smoke, dude. Like you talk about true to the core and what it means to to honor where you're from and 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 have that mentality and and have it be a marathon. Things happen for a reason. That's what it's all about. Things happen for a reason. I'm a big big believer in maybe not today, maybe not tomorrow, but the things that happen and that you're going through ultimately all tie in together through the fabric of life. You know, and I bought this house in the year 2001 to help my parents not knowing what the fuck was going to happen. Right. You know, got married. I bought a house when we got married on, on the east part of Chula Vista, hung out there. And, you know, I was like, I wasn't feeling it. We were having, we had our first son, Sonny. And we're like, you know what? Let's move back to the west side. So we got the house on the west side. Let's sell this place. Let's open the brewery in, in Chula Vista. 
and boom, 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 things just started like firing. I feel like when you figure out what you're supposed to do, things that's start that purpose. falling in place. That's that purpose. And you say you bought this house in 2000. It's like, sorry to age you, bro, but that's 20 plus years ago. Now yeah, that was bro. two decades. Yeah. You're two decades I'm strong. I'm 41. You know? I'm spot. 41 and I've been here for, well, I haven't been here for 20 years, but we've had it like in the family for right, 20 right. years. And I'm like, why? Why? And everyone's like, why would you buy it now? Like the, the neighborhood has changed, you know, whether we like it or not. Right. Uh, gentrification has touched two of us uh, for the better. Gentrification creates opportunity, you know, um, as it relates to business, we, we, we really keep a tight, tight hold on, on what comes in, what comes out. At but least a, lim a limited, I mean, there's, yeah. there's, there's such things as, as happy mediums when it comes to housing rights and, and the people of the South Bay. And we've, again, this is stuff that you and I have talked, you know, ad nauseum about in our conversations with a few pints down the hatch and, and getting into, <laughs> you know, what it means to, to be a developing community. You hear these words and they're all loaded buzzwords. And it gets back to, you know, the one thing I wanted to, to finish on there when I look at the, that emo brown emblem and then just the artwork on, on the wall and, and the artwork that is so integral to, to your brand and your brewery, it ties right back to the marathon, the marathon continues. continues. It ties back to, to what my beloved girlfriend, Sophia, and the Run for Breonna Taylor group and, and the avid, active, continued social justice movements that are going on right here in the streets of San Diego. And shout out again to the girl who gifted me this sweater the other day, Brittany Black, and, and everyone from Run for Breonna Taylor and Justice for Breonna and these incredible groups. And it just, it doesn't stop. It doesn't stop. And back to the arts. I was for a long time, the, the social justice aspect of things was something I kept very separate. We were always told, don't ever talk about certain things, especially, oh my God, Steve, from the time I was <laughs> raised into kind of that second level of sports casting and actually getting gigs out of college yeah. and, and working and cleaning up your, your social media feed and making sure you don't talk politics anywhere. And it's like, you see what we've come to in this country. And you're like, what the fuck were we doing listening to any of that advice and keeping it, keeping it separate? Keep All it, that advice is out the window at this it point. Is out the damn Gone. window at this point. So I am a sports broadcaster, Steve. I uh, support and love to be active in all social justice movements that take place in my cross-border region from Tijuana to all over San Diego County. Uh, poetry, activism, sports casting, radio DJing, and there's no need to keep shit compartmentalized anymore. Bro, Let it all blend. All of it. Let it all let blend. Let it leak. Let it blend. Yeah. It, like, infuse <laughs> it. Take the, like, treat it like an infused tequila. Just let it Get right in there and just go together. First thing you want to do once this pandemic is over. Ooh, I want to. I mean, how over? <laughs> how over are we talking? How like, over is, it, are we? is it how safe to now? Is it bro? safe to do a show in front of you? Could I do a a, a a live show? Can I do some comedy? I did stand up comedy for five years. Did you really? I do, yeah, just stand up comedy. I, the stand up comedy segued into a lot of the performance poetry. I found it easy to do the performance. The performance poetry was far easier than the stand up Renaissance comedy. Renaissance man, so many layers, bro. So many layers. Just to a few. Nate. Just a few. That's what I, I honestly. That's what I like about you. I love about you. Um, you're from Watsonville. Yeah. You came out down here. Mm-hmm. Followed your dream. Went to a game. Went to a match. <laughs> I want to fucking broadcast in English on terrestrial radio. Mm -hmm. You did it. Yeah. You know? You lived in that whole uh, international border life, border crossing life. We're a border town. Chula Vista is a border town. Mm -hmm. you know, to an extent, San Diego as a whole is a border town. But Chula Vista specifically, we are oh, yeah. a stone's throw away. It's Chula Vista... It's San Isidro and it's the border. Yeah. You know? How's that experience molded you, bro? How how does how working down there you said a year and a half? 
Yeah, I mean, I worked and I was going to. You were a white dude, working in Tijuas, bro. Yeah, and I let mean, me tell you, your fucking accent is flawless, bro. <laughs> it is. I just like the way you say Tijuana, like you say, da, 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 like everything you're doing is like. I got oh, enough oh. practice. Yeah, you did. You know, yeah. um, and for the first, I think when I moved down in 2016 through like 2018, for those first couple years there. Um, it was more or less a thing of going down for games and going down for a few things involving Cholos and, and the Toros, the baseball team uh, down in Tijuana and a few other things uh, socially and, and getting to know people in Tijuana. 2018 uh, into 19 is when it took off as far as like I was actually going to Tijuana two, three days a week sometimes and working down there all the damn time through as things were getting amped up at the border and, and through this just trump administration bullshit that we've seen and the amping up of just the the tactics and the militarization of of the border and so i got to see that you think about that from like a take a step back fly on the wall type thing where it's like you got here nate in 2016 prior to the november election for like and and your and your goal was to work the border and be a a, a, a part of the cross what a time to yeah, show bro. up bud what a convenient time to just go, I'm going to be a part of the cross-border community during literally smack dab in the heart of one of the most off-putting, evil, gross, developing, on still developing things that is the Controversial to say militarization of, of the border. And um, it's been such a... Um, an interesting road, a, a roller coaster ride. I, I miss it. You know, I got burnt out by Tijuana quite a bit when I was working down there two, three days a week. Um, it was just the commute was a bitch. What and was the commute for you, bro? I mean, there Walk were times across, where, drive across. you know me, where like I've, I've come and gone with cars and, and I would take the trolley from City College all the way down, slow drag all the way to San Ysidro, hop out, walk suited, across. Suited and booted, all dressed up? All ready to go to the Stop. stadium, to the radio station, do my thing and cross the border, hop in an Uber on the other side and go to wherever I needed to go. And and that was that. And so that was a routine for, for quite a while. And then in 2019, uh, in May of 2019, I was out of the blue, um, hucked into a cage by the good folks from uh, CBP and patted down and harassed and just this absolute <laughs> insane experience of having six officers like corner you and little taste of what a lot of people who don't have white skin go through on the daily and all through their lives and especially in this How'd border, that come about? border community. It was, um, I mean, I my theory and a lot of other people's theory was I did a piece with KPBS actually in 2019 uh, with shout out to Alan Lilienthal of the uh, Port of Entry podcast and of the hip hop group Tulengua. And Alan featured me in a video. Uh, I'll give you the link to and everything sure. uh, we'll post that up. from KPBS where I, it was a video of Nate going to work. It was a video of, of Nate just doing his thing to show how normal it is and show that like, hey, down with the hate fuck a wall and i didn't even cuss on this video this is for kpbs i was just this is just me doing my thing and no more hate all love these people embrace me every time i go down there and i got no problem coming back i'm doing my thing i'm just i'm just calling soccer games and yeah. dj and radio shows you know i'm not doing anything i ain't no narco trafficker i ain't doing anything illegal i'm just doing an honest man's work and in reverse um, of what we're used to where it's usually you know the more mexican people coming up across the border to come and do work over here well that was you always the script, that was know, always yeah. the thing that i get from once i really started making like real friends down in tijuana people telling me of like 
bro, you got it backwards. Yeah, right. <laughs> what the fuck? Like, we live our whole, like, I, I knew a dude down in Tijuana who's very suave guy, you know, kind of on the upper echelon monetary-wise and had the fly girl down there and nice car. And we were talking about, and he worked in San Diego. And, and it was crazy talking to him. And he worked a custodian job in San Diego. And so back down in Tijuana, he'd take his paychecks and, and invest in his life down there and continue to make that sacrifice. So it's just wild of like, and that's no knock on any custodian out there. I mean, you talk about integral and just the concept of, of that ego where it was like down there, he was a very kind of flashy guy up here. He was the, the night custodian at wherever he was at for like eight hours working the graveyard you know, to go back and, and be that. So like those people would see what I was doing. Like, what the fuck? Pinche güero loco. Pinche güerito. Like, ese like yeah. what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, and it's like, it's love. I love it. Fucking Cholos and Liga MX. And it's just part of my soul and all that. And they're like, all right, whatever, dude, you're cool. So so ultimately you feel that your <laughs> your your appearance on KPBS in that interview. On oh yeah, podcast, back to back to that. Completely played a role in you getting. I think it absolutely played a role. They do pay attention to that stuff. CBP are one of the most corrupt organizations known to mankind, especially over the last four years. Um, I think that's what happened. A lot of people thought that's what happened. And then on top of it, uh, a certain Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez uh, caught wind of what had happened to me, thanks to the Twitter thread that I threw up. The next morning, AOC retweeted. Uh, my Twitter thread, this is in May of 2019. And so I had just the, the nightmare slash dream situation of like going viral <laughs> and it was gnarly. And I was getting, you see these dudes who are, you know, trolls storming capitals and shit. They were all over Twitter for the last few years. And like the level of gnarly hate that came my way and that I had to sift through and thank God I sifted through it because within that was people from all sorts of different human rights organizations, lawyers, ACLU reps who were like, Hey, reach out to us tomorrow. Here's our number. And all sorts of people who came to my defense and people on both sides of the border who were like amplifying this story. And the whole point of like, I'm telling this story so folks know what's up because there's a lot of people who this happens to who don't really have any sort of platform to There's tell. no platform for them to tell. There's no them. platform yeah, for, for, sure. for them, for the asylum seeker, for the everyday. They don't have the golden voice of <laughs> Nera Burrea to spread the good word. Well, or the, the fast running Twitter thumbs. I mean, I got home and just, I wrote that out and, um, you know, I'll never forget that day. That was, that was a really, really fucking chilling um, slash inspiring day. For and no reason, they just grabbed you, scooped you, threw you in a cage, hung out there, what, all night, all uh, day? No, 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 no. It was a little side cage area. It was only actually, it was a very short uh, run in. It was probably about 10 minutes. So and they were flexing on you. They, no, it was that, that was where you knew that it wasn't random. Uh -huh. um, and yeah, from the whole, the, the chony snap on the back of you, shoes off, socks off, fucking pat down the butt. I mean, it was like, it was the whole the whole nine. It was it was stop and frisk. It was what any black person will tell you with NYPD or LAPD. I mean, it was it was a stop and frisk from six CBP officers who threw me in a little side cage area as I was going to a Friday morning. We used to call it reunionitis, uh, classic Mexican reunionitis. Uh, the sort of you know kind of meaningless uh, Friday morning meetings that I was obligated to go to down in. Uh, at the station in Tijuana. Drinking and tacos, shooting the just, shit. It's just, just a bunch of old dudes sipping coffee and yelling at each other for coffee. 45 minutes. Um, coffee on Friday. <laughs> but I was just going down. It was the most like regular Friday morning ever. And and I came around. Anyone who knows the the pedestrian pathway yep. down to San Isidro right there. And it's the new one, the way it's kind of been. Or no, actually it would be the old one. The, the classic one. Where you push the button crossing the border. And I Do you came, push the button? 
Uh, the little like gate, the little metal, it's where they still got the old school metal spin gates uh, right there and the big sign that says Mexico. And so, yeah, it was right before there. And there were never agents right there. There were never U.S. agents right there. It was they like, went see, and boy. they were waiting for me, and they hucked my ass in a little cage and just fucked with me as best as they could. And I went home, blew it up. And uh, to, to wrap up this story, um, I think it was a couple months ago, I ended up dealing with, in the process of like, God, what was that? 18, 19 months ago, um, I dealt with three different members of Congress uh, who backed my case. I dealt with three different human rights organizations and shout out to uh, the American Friends Service Committee of San Diego. Uh, the point that I'm getting at here is after five runs back and forth um, with the, Depart the Department of Homeland Security, all the way to the top, we were getting certified letters back from Virginia. Um, nothing. Five, 18 months of correspondence and, and research and we just want to know what happened and why was Nate stopped? Why was this person who we're back and stopped? You got members of Congress back in my case and CBP and the Department of Homeland Security after 18 months of legalese and back and forth basically said, meh, nothing we can do. Oh, to be a white guy and get all that support. Look at you. I mean, <laughs> it's it's empowering and enraging all yeah. at once because you know I like you I, said that happens on the daily occurrence on bro, the daily yeah um and yeah no it's I'm <laughs> I'm glad I get a little check the privilege moment right there too because I thought about that a lot and believe me my my proud Mexican American girlfriend reminded me of that every day throughout like the heart of that through that summer of like. You're getting people are coming to your back like yeah bro you know because you've called some soccer games and because you had a little bit of a platform you so got some pool. don't forget that well and that's that's respect that's got to be got to be earned and can be lost at any moment so um, the marathon continues it's a roller coaster ride and um, I can't wait to to walk past I always say I, I wrote in a poem that I sent you. Um, uh, bumping RBL, yep. RBL Posse from San Francisco, California, uh, bumping RBL and blowing besitos to the CBP. Every gonna, time I walk, that little. We're gonna post it, and and they're gonna throw you in a cage all over again, bro. <laughs> you fucking around. Poke that's the what, bear. That's what people started telling me down at Tijuana. They're like, "Fuck, pinch, fucking antagonistic fool, dude. You fucking coming down, bad hombre. You gonna so, rub everybody the wrong way." Cholos yeah. offers you a. They offer you another <laughs> position. Come on, I'm down. We want to hire you. Do you take that position at this point? Um, <laughs> probably not these days um i've i'm focused on a few different things don't get me wrong i want to call soccer games and be around live soccer but you know whenever that becomes a thing again but i did a lot of different things when it comes to like working in soccer in baja california and and with Cholos and and working actually inside the club and you know being the <laughs> A press officer for six months, you know, worked in the the English ran the freaking Twitter accounts and you, Instagram you the pages. Man, and shit. I remember you and were that was the connected man. After um that was after the more FM stuff. You know, so it's like and then there was two years of journalism and gonzo ass like Hunter Thompson covers yep. the Sholo style. I, I love it. I think um it's run its course. This is the best way to, to like the most flattering way to answer that. Um I want. I always wanted Tijuana towards the end when I was really just kind of burnt out with with a lot of things. Um, I missed what Tijuana had been for me, which was every time I would cross that border, joy, just pure and utter joy. Can't wait to see my friends. Can't wait to go do this. Can't wait to go eat here. Can't wait to go drink there. Can't wait to do it all over again. And between the good folks at CBP uh, and just kind of monotony and, and years of, of the commute and everything, that didn't exist anymore. And so I think the one blessing in disguise of the pandemic, as far as, you know, my relationship with the 
that side of the cross-border community and, and the people of Tijuana and the things I miss is that when I do go back, it's just going to be as some somewhero who has a connection to the city, not someone who's going to work. I mean, a patron, a fan, a 95% supporter. 95% of the time I was going down there, I was going to work. You know, like, and so it's always funny. you every stereotype, every freaking thing. You got it. Tijuana. And oh, how many times you've been to Hong Kong? How many yeah. times you've been to the strip club? How many times you've been to this bar? I'm just well. like, bro, <laughs> I swear to God. I sound like, well, if, if Sophia's listening right now, I swear to God, zero. Um, HK, it's a, um, how do we put it? It's a gentleman's club. Uh, upper echelon. Very, very uh, upper, very upper top echelon. Of, very top of the line. Very fine. Very top of the line. Very top um, of the line. Yeah, I, I would tell people if you've never been uh, this episode to, is brought to you by a Hong Kong, by Hong Kong gentleman's club, club. Uh, <laughs> if you on Boulevard Revolution in California, if you have never been to a strip club, do not go there for your first one. I, I mean, that's the pero por qué, pero por qué, pero por qué, pero por qué. Um, I'm going to plead the fifth on the rest of this one. Uh, what a right weenie. There. I swear to God, I've never been inside the place. I've just seen plenty of videos and heard plenty of stories of some very foul, foul things that go on uh, inside that place. But I judge nobody, Steve <laughs> Garcia. And if that sounds like your thing and you, we've just, you listen to 45 minutes of like soccer and culture and beer and community and the marathon and continues. The and the one clip I'm going to cut the and one out there to promote this is going to be you, HK. That you really wanted. You really reached this point of the podcast and now you found something that speaks to you so um do your thing uh not for me but no i mean the, the whole point was like i was always just so burnt yeah it's like by the end of any night it was like oh, Back everyone home. friends down there they all live down there all these friends that i made of hey we're going out like you want to come I'm like fuck, i gotta go back to the fucking border i gotta like i want to go home you know so i can't wait to um go back to tijuana not working that's gonna be very fun what do you got up your sleeve? What's next? What's next for, I mean, this year you were asking me a few minutes ago about, you know, goals or, or what you want to do when the pandemic's out. I talk about performance poetry. Um, my music is something that I've always kind of had on the side. Um, singing, writing blues songs, doing performance poetry. Um, Check and, out the layers, bro. Layers. But having it be, but, but the notion that soccer broadcasting and baseball broadcasting and basketball broadcasting and all these different things I've, I've done that they're all pieces of the puzzle and that they all need to be treated equally. I think forever it was always like ranking them, you know, well, this is my primary, this is yeah. my second, yeah. like, fuck that. I'm done with that. That's like my new year, new decade resolution, new year resolution into my thirties, whatever the hell you want to call it. Like I'm done compartmentalizing. I'm done ranking things that I love. Like they're all equally important. So uh, published poetry anthologies, be on the lookout for those, uh, be on the lookout for uh, pretty crazy novel that I'm writing um, and be on the lookout for more music and poetry and, and bringing the music and the poetry back to the football and bringing it back to these things that we love because you know, poetry and motion. I mean, man. it's it's poetry and motion, and and we talk about these cultures. It gets back to you know being raised by by Mexican Americans who taught me about League MX and taught me about the Mexican national team and talked me about these stadiums and these choirs of fans and and what it means to support this team or that team. My love affair with with football argentino. You heard that in that opening clip. I love. It's my favorite just obsession of Argentine oh, wow. Argentine football and and what it means to support your club and, and those choirs of fans and just like 
that's poetry and art to me. Like I watch Argentine football from the time I was a kid to hopefully when we get out of this hell storm of a Boca pandemic. Junior? Who, who's your squad? Boca, Boca very much. I have a, yeah. a Boca banner hanging uh, on the wall at home, very much in love. Only because uh, I've seen you post about it. I was like, yeah, I knew he's a Boca man. He does his research. The Emo Brown does <laughs> Emo his Brown research. Said that the, the, the background team, they get it done, bro. They, they get it done. <laughs> How many people you got working on your, your Emo Brown background team? The background research squad. My six-year-old, my eight-year-old, and my three-year-old, bro. <laughs> they are a crack research team if there has ever been one. But, I mean, I would watch games... Where people always complain, oh, this this soccer sucks and this league isn't as good as this. Or it's like, I was raised where no joke, I would watch games on TV for the fans. I would watch games on TV just to sort of feel like I was at the game. could be the, the shittiest, shittiest nil-nil you've ever seen. And I'm just like, I'm listening to the songs. I'm watching the colors. I'm watching the flags. I'm watching the all the artwork and just passion the on passion. display. Yeah. And it's like, that's art. That's poetry. That's music. That's all of it. Right? Have you that's, been to Anfield? Uh, oh, Steve, you're going to guide me back into this. We were making such good you know, headway as friends here and getting into this. I have been to Anfield. I was actually at Anfield almost exactly a year ago, and it was for a certain fixture between Liverpool and Manchester United. And well, what a Virgil van Dijk scored early on, and you may remember a certain Mohamed Salah uh, scored in front of the cop to make it 2-0, ripped his shirt off. Allison Becker ran the length of the pitch and jumped in his arms after a beautiful power slide. And the cops sang for the first time. We, we hucked superstition out the window. And you may recall what was sung that day. They sang, we're gonna win the league. We're gonna win the league. And then they said, and now you're gonna believe us. And now you're gonna believe us. Now you're gonna believe us. How long did it take to win the league? 30 fucking years, 30 fucking years. And you know what? They finally did it. So yeah. um, now I love the segue back to in all seriousness, in all friendship, we can um, be uh, in, a, in a spirited rivalry and still be friends. Uh, yeah. What a freaking prospect of Liverpool United now. Suddenly it's Can't United wait. top of the table. It's literally, it's, it's been six years, bro. One V two though. But this is something really funny about the Liverpool Man United rivalry is that all those other things we've talked about Celtic and Rangers in this podcast. We've talked about Boca and River in Argentina. Those clubs like that, Real Madrid and Barcelona and yep, Spain, those teams have always for more or less for a long, long time. They've had plenty of one V two battles. What's crazy about the Liverpool United rivalry is that as much hatred and history as there is between the two clubs, if you review the history of the last, like, no joke, like 50 years, they've never been great at the same time. They've never even really been good at the same time. When Liverpool reached their height, it was post Sir Alex United. When United were in the 90s, Liverpool were coming off the fucking come down from the 80s. Like, it's really weird. This is the first time in the history of that they're legitimately both good right now. I wouldn't go as far as calling my squad good yet. My what squad... scares me, Steve, is go they've ahead. played like absolute shit yeah. for 17 games yeah. and they're top of the and table. Top so of the that, table. that frightens me. If they'd have played actually better soccer and been whatever, it, 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 would, it would be different. Running away with it. No, the notion that they've been so shit and they're three points clear at the top right now, that terrifies me. They're figuring out ways to bring out the three-pointer boy. And that's all we need right now. Oli, with Oli at the wheel. Uh, how much longer, though? My team, United. My experience, Old Trafford. The year before you went, Ooh. I went to Old Trafford against Liverpool. Oh, shit. All right? Oh, shit. Marcus Rashford, 19-year-old superstar at the time. Scott McTominay made his debut that game as well. Say 2-1 uh, to United. And the only uh, one the, you got was what? The own goal Go from, ahead, go uh, ahead. Ooh, make my day. 
Oh, was it Eric Bailey? Oh, scored it? Eric Baye. For Eric sure. Baye. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. There we go. Sorry, yes. I, was, I was getting daily blend so, and, and baile and, and baila, and I started dancing. <laughs> and sorry. De Gea pitched a perfect shutout if it didn't bounce off by his foot. 2 1. That was a, a uh, 4.30 a.m. West Coast kickoff. I remember me and Sophia got up in the middle of the night to watch that thing. I don't know. I was blitzed, and it was like <laughs> 5 p.m., and it was raining. And it was raining. And the cricket field, the cricket pitch is. Five blocks, three blocks from the real Old Trafford. The real Old Trafford, yeah. exactly. It's it's right, three blocks up the alleyway. We lucked out. That that, that whole story has got a lot of twists and turns. Ultimately, <laughs> our, we lost our tickets. Um, we purchased insurance. Insurance provided us an upgrade on our tickets. An upgrade on the tickets included a a, 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 a meeting with an old keeper from United Stepney. And we sat down. We took pictures. Everyone thought it was Marco Rojo's cousin or something. And I, we were like, what? what? You talk about privilege. Yeah, we were oh drunk. God. They were buying us drinks. We made friends with some uh, Danish folk. We were partying all day. And by the time we got to the match, we were like, bro, we got to pace ourselves. Little known fact for us. American soccer fans, football fans, is that you cannot just have a cocktail or it a is pint in your seat. not a Cholos game. It no. is the opposite of Estadio Caliente. No. They are dry as prohibition in when it comes to in the stands of English football. So what does that lead to at halftime, my good friend? Guzzle, guzzle, guzzle. You got 15 minutes of emo brown time. And you've got four beers that you are maxed out at. Every person is allowed four beers in a 15-minute span. So the lines are ridiculous. But these, Chew up in the hospitality bro, at Old Trafford. But these concession yeah. workers were like, you won't. And we're like, four, 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 four Heineken, four Heineken. Uh, by the way, Heineken over there is different than Heineken over here. Mm -hmm. Heineken, mm -hmm. Heineken in Europe, bro, is top of the table. It's amazing. It's fresh. It's it, it's crisp. It's everything you want. So we grab four each, and we put them down. And like everybody's like, "Fucking Americans!" Like slow down. And like we're Mexican. Oh fuck it! Oh, there you go. Bro, <laughs> as, as soon as we told everybody, like we're Mexican, we're from San Diego, we're from Chula Vista. Oh fuck it! Let me buy you fucking drink. <laughs> I can't wait to go back. Yeah, you know what trips me out, man? Just hearing that beautiful story and this is all of it thinking back to me and Sophia's just dream of a trip that we saved up for and and just we pulled off you know it was one of those things where like we got back you think timeline wise it's like the shutdown the covid shutdown hit like 6 weeks after we got back from we went to Dublin Liverpool and Belfast we went and to down to Cork too in Ireland so we had this beautiful got to see Sophia's wonderful Irish friends and and go see Liverpool live and go up and walk around Belfast, a city that's been through the ringer and then some and walk through the streets of Belfast and feel the, 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 the soul of that place and come back home. And it feels like that shit was like 10 years ago. That was early Real 2020. Talk, that was talk. early 2020. I was at a live, I was at live football with fans six weeks before that was no longer a thing. Like all that didn't hit me till months later. And in terms of you've had a lot of time to think grash too much gratitude, uh, for that thing. Um, again, shouts out to, to Sofia Espinosa Lopez and everyone who helped us, uh, pull that, what I called on, uh, the episode that came out on the Abarea podcast, uh, the trip of a lifetime. That was truly, um, a dream come true to to pull that trip off and going back from Dublin all the way back home and yeah it the whole world caved in like a few weeks after that and so it just added it added to the gratitude of it all and here we are and here we are on the on the up the marathon continues and we're on the up it's a roller coaster ride and i feel like we're on 
I, I really genuinely feel like we are on the back end of of this one specific hell that's been seventy fifth uh, minute the pandemic. We are in the seventy fifth minute of For the sure. the excruciating COVID match. Yeah, United are going to get a penalty in two minutes. Don't oh, worry. Yeah, don't um, worry about it's, that. It's almost it's, into, it's been written. It's in the, it's in the United penalty <laughs> kick time. Um, the uh, the the back end, the whatever, the roller coaster ride, the seventy fifth minute. It's I, I genuinely do feel that, and I've got a lot of cynicism within my heart and soul, and that is as much optimism as I can get out onto this microphone and um, Sophia, my partner is a part of the medical community and has been an essential worker uh, this whole time and has been wearing double masks and doing everything right and all the while being an activist and a working class philanthropist and all these different things and yesterday on the first day of this very cool very powerful uh, super vaccine vaccination site at Petco Park. Uh, Sophia got in on the early drawing and got the first dose of the vaccine. Yesterday. Hell yeah, brother. So Hell that, yeah. that meant a lot to her um, and that meant a lot to me too. And I think more than anything, tying it back to what you were just saying, now we're at 76 minute right now. It's 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 really genuinely feeling it. And don't let up. You know, I'm, who was the cat who was on uh, this show in this from this treehouse a couple of episodes ago? Um Chicle. Chicle. Um, some of the things that were shared there, I mean, it, it, it speaks to the same thing that I'm getting at right now, which is like, just because we're in the 75th minute, don't fucking let up, folks. Like, keep doing the right thing. Oh, no, things. no. You're talking about the, uh, Reg the Regis ICU nurse. No, no, no. Yeah. Eric Navarro. It was Eric Navarro. Thank yeah, you. yeah. For I'm sure. like, wait, wait, wait. Um, shout out to Eric Navarro. Let me, get, let me get that he's one. He's in the right. trenches right now. Right, literally. Right as now, we he's speak. in the ICU, and he's, um, he puts some scary into me, bro. Yeah. Well, Every time I talk to him, he puts a little scary into me. He needs to because people don't want to be scared. People want to just be fucking soft with this mm -hmm. thing. And I get the, believe me, I get the lectures. I get the, the, uh, the, the animated Mexican-American woman energy, you know, that I need to remind myself. Oh, you know, I got to, one inside. You got one too? I got, why, I got why, one at home. Um, wife, he's right inside. She's, uh. We are reminded. I am reminded when it comes to this pandemic um, just how real it is, just how serious it is, and all the different angles of it um, every day. Uh, and I'm very, very blessed and, and grateful for that. And so echoing uh, what Mr. Navarro said, echoing uh, what Sophia has said to me a million times over, um, if you've been good if you if you been doing good then then keep doing Give good it up. if if you been fucking up then fix it now's the still a time to fix it you can still fix it you've I don't know if I necessarily want to say I forgive you for all the stupid shit you've done in the last year but now's the time to to fix it and put that mask on and keep six to ten whatever feet apart and help each other out and do your damn part because we are in the 75th minute Dude, of this month, thing so let's fucking 11. go month 11 um, I'm, End of the 10th month. I want some Tijuana tacos. I want to go back and feel a soccer stadium with fans, and we can't do these things I go unless... To the, I want to go to Peco, bro. I want to watch my squad. I thought you were going to say you want to go to Hong Kong. But... Way. <laughs> Look at you. Guilty conscience, bro. All right. Whatever, 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 whatever. You know what, man? Thank you. Thank you for cruising through. Thank you for I having me in the treehouse. This is your casita, dog. Whenever you want to come down and just get some shit off your chest. Emo Brown, I always bring you a little greenery gift. We do it right. We come together. It's community. It's family. It's beer. It's football. It's podcasting. And 
I am also grateful that you exist, Steve. You make Igualmente, me very happy. Viejo. Igualmente. Very, send me, very send me happy some of inspired. your clips. S -s -s send me some of your poetry, bro. Uh, will, or put it on the Patreon for everybody who's on Patreon. We'll go ahead and put make that some money on off there. me. I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll give it to you free of charge. <laughs> make, make five, guy. make five bucks off me. Come on. We'll put that shit on there for everybody who's a Patreon member. At least you can hear the wise words of Neda Burrea. <laughs> you can hear. Uh, uh, I sent you. You know, back to the, the the one of the things that really brought us together as friends originally, and that is the the Mexican American music culture and, oh, and sure, these, bro. these icons mm. uh, of Mexican music. Of course, uh, Chalino is is someone who is is gracing uh, a very famous, very iconic. Now. I don't know why I love Chalino so much, bro. That, I that love affair started when I was like Chalino ten. too. I love the the sort of mythical qualities of of this this Culiacan and and even roots in Tijuana. You ever been to Sinaloa? The, uh, not yet, but I got my Tomateros keychain. In Out my you, pocket, bro. and and you know I'll be down there eventually. I'll um, tell you one thing, man. We went to Mazatlan. Wifey and I went to Mazatlan, and it's a fucking party as soon as you land. Oh yeah, as soon oh, as yeah. you land, bro. La tambora, everything is just full wait. blast. I will get down to a tomateros game yeah. eventually. Um, it is going to be a beautiful, beautiful thing when I finally get down uh, to Sinaloa. But the uh, the poem that I sent you uh, was the uh, homage to Ramon Ayala. Yes, you did, bro. Los Bravos del Norte. Um, so. Whether it's that one or any others, man. If you like, you if you out there, you want to really, you really do. Uh, I'm sorry, the, the, the cynical things are going right now. You really want to hear poetry. You really want to hear blues songs. You really want to hear singer songwriter poetry. Where Nate? Where? Get at me. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter. Hit me up on Twitter, Instagram at Nate Abarea. That's 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 how we're gonna do it. If you out there really, you really need to hear. That's what you need after everything we've been through. You need to hear some poetry. Hey, I got you. Handled. I don't know if there's anyone out there who really needs it, but if there is, hey. You know what? You, you know what? You. Okay, this you. is what I think is weird. <laughs> the whole Emo Brown thing, you know, I was like, ah, what the fuck? When, when Glasses and myself came up with it and started moving forward with it, they were like, hey, fuck's gonna listen. People started listening. When we started doing, ah, you know what? Let's make an Emo Brown beer. Fuck. And then people started drinking it. People associate with this shit, bro. We're a, we're a border town. People associate with this kind of stuff. Well, we came out at the brewery with fucking Chevy Zanero. Which I was drunk off my ass off fucking Bucanas, bro, you know? And, and I was like, you know what would be fucking awesome? Let's make a beer called Chevy Zanero and we'll get Splurjo, fucking highly touted artist here and, and, and tattooer from, from San Diego in City Heights, fucking Pops Tattoo down on University um, in City Heights. I, I brought the idea to him and he's like, all right, let me fucking, let me do this. And I said, you know, and perfect. And when we put it out, we didn't expect anything, bro. People love oh that God. shirt, dude. People like I, the I, beer, I love every shirt. every shirt that's come out of Three Punk Ales. But dude, that one, people rock. I bought it from you as soon as I saw you wearing it, and I was wearing it. I told you the story of wearing it uh, down to the dispensary uh, a few days later, and the security guard at the dispensary he stops me. Like I think he's like stopping me to you know think I have something. He goes, "Is that Chalino?" <laughs> and he goes, "I love that. Where's that shirt from?" And, oh, Three Punk Ales, Chula Vista. Oh, I gotta go down there. I'm gonna get one. Da -da -da. And then he had a, a great idea for a shirt actually i, I want to pitch this to you now right, to close out right, the podcast right, right. this ties it all together right here um i, I gotta make sure i get the the spanish wordplay uh correct he said he wanted to have a shirt with the tapatio man uh -huh. wearing a mask and it says tapate pinche boca <laughs> i think or something to that effect was uh, was his idea for a shirt so let's try to uh, get that off the ground eventually look at you man so many layers <laughs> so many fucking layers you need to relax you need to smoke more weed you're too hype I more more Oh, damn. Indica. 
Yeah. Indica. Stay in the couch. Stay in the Indica. And the I couch. think it's the sun is down. The the electric clementine orange clouds of Chula Vista have gone away. It is nightfall upon us now. I think it is a an Indica hour. An Indica and Emo Brown hour. Ooh. If there has ever been a time. I'm not gonna lie to you, I'm gonna fucking go inside with this new setup that I have. I'm just gonna push three buttons and it's gonna come out and then it'll be available tonight, bro. It'll be up and out. Quick and easy. This is the one thing I love about doing podcasts right now from the treehouse and using this setup. Legitimately, as soon as we're done, I upload it. There's no editing. There's nothing. It's just, it's clean and it's ready to go and it's gone. I'll put it out there, bro. Send me the picture. Send me the picture you took in the treehouse. And then that way I can post it with that. The appropriate one. The, whatever you like. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you like, bro. Neburrea. <laughs> Close us out with something fabulous coming out of your fucking occasion. Oh boy. Um, look, it's all about community. I'll say it again and again and again. If we've learned anything over the last year, it's that nothing is guaranteed. And those close to you and those who celebrate you go where you're celebrated, never tolerated, mm. always go where you are celebrated. And if you know individuals in this world, in your community, on your block, in your town who celebrate you, then fuck with them. And be loyal back to them. That's what it's about. That's why I'm here with Steve Garcia. That's why I support Three Punk Ales. That's why I'm always getting deliveries for my beer baron. That's why I'm buying Chalino shirts. That's why I'm here doing this, talking to you out there right now is because Steve represents everything that I'm talking about there. So take this and, and just think about who's in your team. Think about who's on your squad and in that circle. be loyal to them. That's what's up. And remember... That nothing's guaranteed. And so when you got people who back you, you value them and you show gratitude. Besitos, champ. Nate Aburrea, thank you for cruising to the Treehouse Chronicles. Thank you. Take it easy, brother. Cheers. That is a wrap for this episode of the Emo Brown, the Saddest Mexican podcast. Make sure to give us a follow on Instagram at Emo Brown. Give us a shout out at Twitter. We're on there too. And at Facebook, for those of you who still use Facebook, we're on there as well. More importantly, give us a visit at emobrown.com. That's where you can find all of our episodes, all of the merch. There's more merch coming as well as access to the Patreon Club. Join in the Emo Brown Social Club. Don't be a stranger. Pop on in there. Join. Submit. Follow. Follow pelo. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much. Big things are coming. See you